Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Demartini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. Thank you for joining us here on the Dr. Pacho Transformation Talk Radio and the Transformation Network. Um, we have a great lineup for you today. I am so thrilled to introduce all of you to Elizabeth Cunningham. And, you know, I haven't been able to have a conversation like the one we're going to have now for a little bit of time. Uh, since one of my alums joined our network, alum from Claremont joined the network a bunch of years ago and started to talk openly about things that a lot of people think are taboo. Today, we're opening up with Elizabeth Cunningham because there are questions that go on and on and on in your mind, and you are probably too afraid to ask, or you don't have the right person to ask. Now, for you, you should know that Elizabeth, it, take the call-in number down too, right, for the show, because those of you out there, like you're thinking, oh, okay, I'm going to want to call in, uh, 1-800-930-2819. Elizabeth Ann Cunningham is a love and life coach, love and life coach. She coaches primarily non-monogamous people in the area of love, sex, and relationships. But that doesn't mean she doesn't coach other people. The point is this. She has been working and studying in the field of human sexuality and relationships, you know, uh, almost as long as I've been doing the show, Benny. Uh, and so when you think about this and you think about somebody like she and you think about what she's been doing, what is it that you are doing to yourself? What are you holding back? What is this lack of education causing you to compromise on? What if you are so feeling guilt and shame that you literally bought all of the books for Fifty Shades and watched the movies five times? What is it that you're holding in that is holding you back? That's what today's show is. That's what Elizabeth Ann Cunningham does. And it's so great to have you here. Welcome to the show. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I love, uh, and you and I have been talking way before we, you even did the show. I mean, we've uh -huh. been having conversations all along, uh -huh. but you know, one of the things I love that I want to just talk into it and have you answer the question too. Sure. We say the words monogamy, we say the words non-monogamy. I moved from the East Coast to the West Coast in 91 or 92. 92, maybe. Okay. <laughs> uh, and I got settled in here really in 93. Okay. But when I moved here, there was a different energy about sexuality here. 
And I didn't know it at the time, but I've had some time to think about it. There was a different way of being here. There were different conversations than I grew up with on the East Coast, right? There was an openness, mm -hmm. uh, not to mention, hello, that the Seattle area, Pacific Northwest is really one of the hubs in the United States for the LGBTQ community. Absolutely. But other places and other people just don't say what's on their mind. Is that what you're finding? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, I, I'm from the Midwest. And so I, I also grew up in a similar, similar situation where it's like, you know, you just don't talk about it. Like you talk, if you, if you're talking about love and sex and relationships, it's talking about how you're going to get married. It's talking about how you want to get married. It's talking about, you know, dating inside of like just dating one other person and definitely, you know, really dating inside of like opposite sex relationships yeah. um, and not same sex relationships. And, <clears throat> and you don't talk about gender at all because it's not a conversation um, because there's just, you know, you're just a man or you're just a woman, you know? So that's like, that's the conversation that I grew up with as well. <clears throat> and then starting to like study and get, I've always been interested in this, right? And so studying human sexuality and really being opened up to all of these things that like, yeah, we just don't talk about, but yeah, moving out to Seattle, <laughs> I was like, I was like, man, I've been studying human sexuality for a long time, but like in a different context and like moving out to Seattle, it's like, this is a whole new context where it's like, people are actually having these conversations about like, you know, having multiple relationships or being LGBTQ or, you know, different genders and like fluidity and sexuality and, you know, all of this stuff, right? And it's so awesome. And, you know, one of the things that I find in um, people being, people being stopped is something that you already brought up, which is just like shame and guilt, you know, oh. like, is this okay? Am I okay for feeling the way that I do? Is this wrong? You know, or it's not even, is this wrong? It's like, this is definitely wrong. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I almost, and, and this is tied into what we're talking about. You're going to walk us through what monogamy is and what, what non-monogamy is. We're going to have a conversation about that. Mm -hmm. I want to just piggyback off something you just said. Mm -hmm. I feel like I was almost thrown out of a Zoom call not too long ago. <laughs> okay. I'm not kidding. Look, I've been thrown out of a lot of places for things like that. But this, we, what, we were on a real friendly Zoom call, and one of my friends was saying, oh, my gosh, I just watched this really good movie. I think, what is he called? Juno with Ellen Page. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Elliot. Now, Elliot. I had to say Ellen to put it in context. Got it. Cool. Okay. Because I did what you just did. And then I did, I, I did exactly what you did in, in, the, in the friendly call, which then didn't get friendly. I said, oh, you yeah. I said, you mean Elliot Page? No, Ellen Page. No, I said, no, El Elliot, Elliot Page, you know, Umbrella Academy, Elliot Page. Mm -hmm. No, no. And I said, listen, they were Ellie Ellen Page. They're now Elliot Page. Mm -hmm. So what I'm finding is I found myself in a little situation that led to a bigger conversation that is really the foundation of what you and I are talking about today. Mm -hmm. But 
I think I, I found myself on Zoom bringing up her profile because I love and I say her because I was not on this call. I was not going to make my point if I said him or I mean, this is how restrictive this call was. I couldn't even talk about it. Mm. But recognizing a person for who they are and what they desire and what they want. We have to be able to do that without guilt and shame. And I honestly felt bad. I'm thinking, you know, if, if they're like getting the vibration of this call, I do need to get kicked off from it. <laughs> but it leads to a bigger conversation. And mostly it almost always starts out with this monogamy, non-monogamy. And let's be clear on what it is, because I would venture to say most people don't know. Give us a sense from your yeah. vast experience. Yeah, so, and that's, that is the first question that I guess get asked is like, what is monogamy? Because we don't actually use that term. We just say relationships and it's assumed monogamy. And so what monogamy is, is that it's, you have two people in a relationship and the agreement is that there's only two people in that relationship. Actually, if you look up the de dictionary definition of monogamy, it's uh, specifically a life partner. Um, however, in like the colloquial usage of it, we mean just like just dating or being with one other person at a time. So it's the assumed way. Like if I say I'm in a relationship with someone, you would assume that I'm only in a romantic or intimate or sexual relationship with that person. Yeah. Yeah. So and let me, let me tell you where the dishonesty comes from around the conversation. Mm -hmm. Not saying this ever happened to me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but here you are and you're facing your partner and you have the realization, right? It, it, this is like a shot out of the new Ricardo's movie when Lucy confronts Desi at the end. Okay, spoiler. Spoiler. <laughs> so, but you're having a conversation and you're saying, it doesn't matter what you say to me. I have the facts about what you did. Mm -hmm. And my mama used to say, cheating mm -hmm. but i said oh so monogamy is not your thing the biggest fight on the planet happened right then that i which i never expected mm -hmm. because when somebody is confronted with having sex with somebody other than you mm -hmm. it's hard for them to even say non-monogamy it's almost better if you say to them you just cheating you're like a cheating fool <laughs> you're just like your cheating heart every country western song that's ever been written is about you and they're totally. so much more happy but yeah. but isn't this such a misconception and misunderstanding about a choice Absolutely. Like, and that's like, that's the, probably the biggest misconception about non-monogamy is that it is cheating or it's just an excuse to cheat, or it's only for people who like can't be committed or won't commit, you know, to a relationship when in reality, 
some the the non-monogamous relationships well that I have personally and that like my clients have and that I know about like are some of the more committed relationships and that is one of the reasons is because you do have to have these conversations you do have to have those confrontational conversations of like okay what does come up for you when we talk about having sex with other people? What does come up for you when we talk about having feelings for other people? Because some people are like, they're okay with sex, but they're not okay with feelings, right? You can't yeah. have intimate feelings for another yeah. human being, right? Yeah. And so you have to have these really intimate and sometimes really dark and scary and challenging conversations with the people that you have intimate relationships with. But as we know, when you have these dark and scary and challenging conversations, it actually builds the bond of that relationship. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna say, go Elliot Page. That's all I wanna say. Because, you know, for me, it was like breathing to have that, to, it just blurted it out, just like you did with me. Right. <laughs> As if everybody was going to get on the same page. But what I learned from that is what you're teaching us right now. Yeah. When we're talking about sexual relationships, sexual identity, put sex in front of any word. I don't care. <laughs> there has to be a conversation. There has to be dialogue. There has to be q and I don't, I don't care what it is. Yeah. There has to be, you know, we have to understand what this means, but also from your perspective, and I'm going to go ahead and skip the break so we can keep rolling here. Okay. I, I want to know how you help people know where they're landing on this. I want to know, I, I'm sure you work with people that are confused mm -hmm. or they seem confused, but they're really not, but they just don't know what to do with it, Right. They just don't know what to do. I have a friend that went to therapy and I told her to go to therapy. I said, you got to get some help around this because you won't be able to have a, a, you won't be able to live a free sexual life. Mm. Go see my friend, right? This was back because she, she did. She read the three books. She watched the movies and mm -hmm. questioned her desires. Mm. Had nobody to talk to, didn't know you, right? <laughs> had nobody to talk with mm -hmm. and what it did for her on the inside was so painful for me as a friend I couldn't help her mm -hmm. but if we don't get underneath this at understanding what monogamy is what non-monogamy is what it means in a relationship and understand it in a heartfelt way mm -hmm. she won't be the only one that suffers right yeah no and and, and it is being um willing to look at the desires that you have for other people and one of the things that I run into is that we don't know how to distinguish our desires for others because we've been brought up in a way most of us most of us have been brought up in a way that it's like if you feel a desire towards someone that means you want to have sex with them and if you can't have sex with them then for whatever reason then you need to just shut that down whatever it is right that's like most of, <laughs> most of us. <laughs> and so we never learn, we never learn the, how to distinguish what our desires mean for other people, because our desires for other people aren't just sexual desires. We yeah. just get really scared that they are. And so we shut it down. 
And what I call it is the levels of attraction. And you are, you're attracted to people in different ways all the time. And all of us are different. You know, sexuality is so fluid. Sex and sexuality is so fluid. It's so vast. There's so much there. So it really is all a spectrum. And I really, I want to like emphasize that point because I don't want someone to take away from this conversation like, oh, this is exactly right. Paul. You know, because it's not. Because it, where, you, where you're at right now as a sexual human isn't where you were 10 years ago, isn't where you were five years ago, might even not be where you were last week, you know? And so like, so really being able to distinguish these things and stay in that inquiry and conversation is so important. And so mm-hmm. <clears throat> the levels of desire, uh, or excuse me, levels of attraction that I teach people about is, you know, all the way from like, you know, when you feel like really repulsed for some, like you, you, it's not, it's, it's, you didn't have to know them. You just like, you, you get in the same room with them and you're like, Oh, I'm out of here. Yeah. Like, I gotta I, go. I feel I sick. Go. I yeah. feel sick. right it's like you there can even be like a repulsion to people as well so there's like attraction and there's like being repelled right and so so then and then there's also like being neutral like you can actually look at a door and look at another human and be like I have similar feelings towards this door and this human right and then you can also have platonic attraction you know we're attracted to our friends you know you meet people and you're like hey like I we should, we should go get coffee. Not because like you want to sleep with them, but because they're a cool person, you know, and you want to connect with them. And then there's, you know, attraction, like, you know, maybe it's like a physical attraction, but it doesn't have to do with sex. I call it like a sensual attraction. It's like, you want to be close to them. You want to hold their hand. You want to give them a hug. You want to give them a kiss on the forehead, you know, it has nothing to do with sex. It's just that you want to show physical, you know, connection with that person. And then there's sexual attraction because you are sexually attracted to people and you can just be sexually attracted to someone. You don't have to like them. Like you can literally, (laughs) we've all had this experience where you are sexually attracted to someone and you're also like, why? Because I don't like them. (laughs) Oh, I know. I went to to couples therapy once and we were sitting in the room, right? Actually Mm -hmm. twice in my life I've gone. The first time I went, I had the greatest therapist, right? Imago therapy. She was great. Mm-hmm. And she just looked and said, you two are done. <laughs> <laughs> we both looked and said, here's the deal. You may love each other, but you do not like each other. You cannot even stand each other. Mm-hmm. And so that is not relationship building material. And I remember walking out of there and I felt so free. <laughs> <laughs> Well, cause it is, and it is, and it's being able to distinguish that, you know, cause it's like, cause then there's romantic attraction and then there's even like spiritual attraction and there's yeah. all different ways you can be attracted to someone and like being able to distinguish that, then you can be like, you don't even have to go to the therapist. It's like, oh yeah. Like I want to have sex with you, but like, I don't like you. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but aren't you talking about, let's just jump to this real quick, because yeah. part of what we're describing here in the moment is, um, we really are talking about a version of it's a version of experiencing ourselves that pretty much all of the programs out there that say know yourself love yourself care for yourself leave this out Mm. or 
-hmm. It's not the first thing you talk about in your coaching session. Mm -hmm. It's at the bottom. There's only one program I know in the world that is not a program that you would do, not a love and sex coach, not that, but a general program that mm -hmm. makes you look at all of your sexual relationships. There's only one program in the world that makes you do it if you want to take this program. And millions of people take this program. And that is any of the 12-step programs, Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, you do not do a fourth step without they have a sex worksheet. So what? I did not. I, I did not know that about that program. Uh, I'm probably going to get called because I'm giving secrets out. But my <laughs> point is this. We don't know how to experience ourselves. I love the work you do. Mm. For me, when I talk to you, I'm reminded of a few things. Mm. I didn't thought there was anybody really like you doing this anymore. I know Dr. Kelly right? She's not doing it right now. But I knew she was a breakthrough pioneer. And honestly, both of us gra graduated from the same doctoral program. And both of us took a lot of grief for our life path from mm -hmm. a very prestigious program. They banned me because I thought I was holding crystals in my hands. That's how crazy that place is. But when you say experience yourself, you're really talking about a full, holistic view. Yeah, absolutely. Like, what does your body like? Listen, like list, like actually listening to your body. Cause that's what like, like attraction is. Attraction is listening to your body and then also being willing to give your body what it needs. And that's where, you know, the breakdown is with people as well is that, you know, it's, it's also wrong to like give your body pleasure. And I'm like, man, no, <laughs> like, no, give, give your body what it needs. It's actually like feeding you when you give your body the pleasure that it desires. And I'm not just talking about sex. Like I'm talking about like, if your body wants to roll around in the dirt, like if you were like really listening to your body and your body was like, mm, you know, what sounds delicious right now. Just like caking mud all over my body you oh my know? god it's, it's, i actually yeah. did mud wrestling when i was younger dude that's what's we'll <laughs> up for another show we'll see. i can't yeah. believe the stuff you're bringing up here i'm like having like a hot flash <laughs> but it is but it's like being willing to actually listen to your body listen to your desires being able to give your body what it needs yeah. whatever that might be um, but then the second part of that, you know, we're also saying this in the context of relationships and the, you know, not just discovering what you want, but also being able to articulate what you want mm -hmm. as well. And that's like, that's like the oh. next step, you know, being able to, cause if you don't know what you want, you can't say what you want. You can't say what you want. You can't get what you want. Yeah. You know? And I, I'm telling you, this is really where the, this is for me is the pivotal core essence of your work. Um, you do a lot of things with people. You help people in discovery, but you also help people really step fully into who they are. But the hardest thing for any of us, like I learned on a call where I thought, well, like everybody was like on the same page, the same Elliot page page. <laughs> mm -hmm. I didn't think that. I didn't think that that would cause such a great discussion. Now, in the end, I will say, it turned out well, but I want to ask you this question. 
We're talking about experiencing yourself. We're talking about myths and misconceptions. But I have to say, and this has been odd to me. Hmm. First of all, you have to understand the age that I, the generational, um, what the stage was like when I was growing up and a teenager. Mm -hmm. If you understand that this was a generation of love everybody, free love, peace signs, if you understand that Woodstock, I, I was at Woodstock, I don't remember it, but that's just saying. But if you grow up in that space, but then the space changes, what happened to all the people like me? that grew up in that space. There were some of us that stayed in that space, that feeling about ourselves. Right. There's some of us that when we were in relationship trouble, we seeked out help. But I wanna ask you, mm -hmm. what are the consequences of not being honest with yourself? Ooh, um... I know, right? <laughs> That's a great question. What are the consequences? So <clears throat> one of the things that I asked, ask people, um, I have a market research survey um, and also like the questions that I ask my clients as well. It's like, you know, what are the things that you're dealing? What are your current biggest challenges? And what's getting in the way of you getting what you want? And what's the, and then I ask, what's the cost of that? if you let those things stay in your way, which is kind of, you know, what we're talking about yeah. is what's the impact? What is the impact going to be on your life? Mm -hmm. And what people say and what I see actually happen is I'll be miserable. People are like, people don't even want to answer that question. Mostly what I get as a response is I don't even want to answer that question. I don't even want to know. I don't want to think about like what, if, if these things continue, if these blocks continue, if I continue to not listen to my body, if I continue to not listen to my partner, if I continue to deny myself the desires that I know that I have, I cannot even fathom how miserable I would be. Oh, right. Oh my gosh. Um, look, I want to take a short break, but before I do, uh, I've been talking about the work you do. I would love people to know what's upcoming what are you, what have you created for people? How can they engage with you? How can they work with you? Tell, the, tell us the best way to do that. Beautiful. Yeah, I have a new course. It's called Love Deeper. And we actually go into a lot of the stuff that we talked about today. Um, <laughs> um, more, yeah. more customized. <laughs> more customized. Yes, more customized. Um, but yeah, it's called Love Deeper. Um, how you can apply is go to my website. It's Elizabeth and cunningham.com yes i realize my name is really long it's elizabeth with a z and without an e and then cunningham like clever pig i love it so good <laughs> we're gonna take a short break when we come back common myths and misconceptions i'm going to share a little story and i hope i hope elizabeth ann doesn't mind me just sharing the story when we come back because my awakening moving to Seattle and how I saw my life and how I saw the people in my life was shocking to some of my friends. And I never could get it. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. Did you know that when we talk about the Earth's 
ecosystems, the most important ecosystem has been left out. You, we created the ecosystem approach to recapture human potential. Find us at theecosystemapproach.org. Join us every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time for the Ecosystem Approach Show with Jason and Patricia on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Healing has a ripple effect. One person's healing affects everyone around them. This is where the power of sharing our stories can be so important. Tune in to Playing on the Edge Radio with Megan Edge each month on Transformation Talk Radio as Megan provides you with ways of sustaining radical and powerful changes in your life. Enact the power of radical change. To find out more about Megan Edge, visit her website at meganedge.ca. You're driven, and it totally shows. Your career is taking off. You're killing it in the mom game. But did your health needs make it on the plate this week? Tune in to the Boss Up Babe radio show, where Carissa Adkins helps babes show up, boss up, and thrive. Every second and fourth Tuesday at 12.30 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Become the boss babe you were meant to be. To sign up for one of Carissa's group coaching programs, visit 365dailyhustle.com. Parenting isn't about perfection. I think we all know that. Parenting is about being present and honest, having compassion for your child and for yourself, communicating consciously and loving unconditionally. Tune in to The Awakened Parent Project with Susan Dolce every first and third Tuesday at noon Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Learn to be an empowered parent through the techniques of the conscious parenting community. To learn more about Susan, visit SusanDolce.com. It takes courage to step into your calling and go for your dreams. Sabotage monsters can get in your way, preventing you from reaching your potential. You can choose to struggle alone, or you can choose community and support, someone to walk beside you, meeting you where you are. If you are ready to make real and lasting change, Coach Christine Clark is here for you. Find out more about one-on-one coaching and group programs with Coach Christine at sunglowtransformation.com. Are you ready to branch out? Take a leap of faith. Tune in to Get Rooted Radio with Erica Gifford-Mills on TransformationTalkRadio.com to equip, empower, and enlighten yourself. Erica will energize and excite you to power up your passionate dream that sets your soul on fire. So get fearlessly ready and get powerfully rooted in your yes to live it up, love it up, and let it go. Visit GetRootedRadio.com. Hey, everybody, welcome back. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. If you have any questions for us, give us a call. But more importantly, what you want to do is connect with uh, Elizabeth. Uh, You could do that in a number of different ways. Um, They can also get you on Facebook too, right? Yeah, I'm on Facebook. Um, It's a business page. It's just Elizabeth Ann Cunningham, love coach. I'm on Instagram. Um, Pretty much any handle that I have on social media is ELZ Cunningham. So if you go on like, like, you know, Instagram, TikTok, I have one video on TikTok, but if you want to look at it, you totally can. It's uh, ELZ Cunningham. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. Um, one of the things I love is we're going to talk, we've been talking about what does it mean to discover ourselves, but what does it mean when we're looking at love, when we're looking at love and sex, what are we looking at when we're looking at monogamy versus non-monogamy? But the, the point is there are things we believe that 
are either a myth, they're a myth or a misconception, mm -hmm. or there's something else that falls in the range so far from the reality of what it, what something is. And this is one of these areas, mm -hmm. right? You know, my friend agonized after reading those books and watching the movie, and she didn't agonize from a perspective of, of longing. She agonized over the perspective of how does she become herself? How does she face that? Uh, and then she made the mistake of telling her husband at the time what she really felt about the film. Mm -hmm. Not together anymore. But these, these things are roadblocks into anyone having a healthy conversation about love and sex, aren't they? Yeah, well, <clears throat> and... Just, just to say, like, I don't know if it was a mistake of your friend to tell her husband. I don't think, no, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, you know, if yeah, you tell no, someone, no, no. you know, if you tell someone your deepest desires and they're like, yeah. I don't want to be with you anymore. Yeah. I think it's actually a really productive conversation. Yeah, just totally. Opinion. Totally was. Like, totally. okay, okay, great. We're not on the same page. Awesome. And not to like diminish any heartbreak that happened or anything like that, obviously. Um, but yeah, no, there's a lot of, there's a lot of misconceptions, um, just in the realm of like sex and sexuality, there's a lot of misconceptions, um, but definitely inside of the realm of non-monogamy, um, you know, and there's a lot that, you know, non-monogamy is this huge umbrella, you know, and I don't think that people realize that. I think that people, you know, you have an idea in your mind, and this is just what we do as humans as well, is that we hear something, we have an idea of what that is in our mind, and then it becomes that thing, right? And so a lot of um, what people think that <clears throat> non-monogamy is, is, yeah, an excuse to cheat. So it's just like, or that, you know, one partner, this is what I hear uh, often, because a lot of times people think of non-monogamy inside of a already existing relationship. And so that's also a misconception as well, because you can be a non-monogamous or polyamorous or swinger or relationship anarchist or all of the different terms that fall under this umbrella um, as a single person, right? Um, <clears throat> so that's another misconception. Yeah. Um, but when we think about it inside of like an, a pre-existing, you know, coupled relationship, um, one of the things that comes up is like, oh, well, one person is coercing the other person into doing this. Like it's somehow manipulative, mm. right? Because if it's based off of cheating and, you know, you're having it work in your relationship, then well, one person must not be satisfied or there's always someone that's not satisfied or, you know, no one's ever getting their needs fully met um, or um, what is it that, uh, and, and it's so interesting because some people are like, oh, well, women are non-monogamous um, because they, you know, aren't getting their emotional needs met, but men are non-monogamous because they're not getting their sexual needs met. And so then there starts to be misconceptions, like even with like gender, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, but I think, I think really the, the biggest ones that I hear are that, yeah, it's just an excuse to cheat. Um, it's just a phase um, and that you can't have committed working relationships inside of that structure. Those are probably the, yeah. the top. I think that one is one of the biggest. I think there are two that really hit me up. 
Mm-hmm. Um, one is it's impossible. And, and it's not even like it's, it's like language, like it's impossible right. to have a committed relationship. See, that's the language, right? Mm-hmm. It's impossible. And yet there are people got it nailed down. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are reasons that we conjure these things up. You know, one of the other ones really, that is that I've heard quite often is that's just a reason to cheat. Mm-hmm. That's a reason to cheat. Mm-hmm. Um, the other part of it that we really need to tease out in our society is this emotional part of this. Mm-hmm. Now, I have two friends. I have one in particular. And I don't say very much unless I'm asked. But I'm listening to one of my friends talk about their partner. Mm-hmm. And their partner has this relationship with this other person that is somewhat in the field of something they do together as spiritual practitioners. Yet, all of the really important conversations they're having with that other person. Emotionally, they're not in the relationship. And yet, as a society... We do not know how to handle that. And ultimately, that causes a real rift. Mm. See, we don't know how to communicate about how we feel. Mm. And, mm. When, and when you really look at it, I, again, this is my favorite line. Maybe you should go get a therapist. That's my favorite line to my, to my friends. <laughs> Maybe you should go. That's my favorite line. You should go see somebody. Don't talk to me about it because I know what my answer is to it. I mean, if you never have an emotional conversation and somebody is going to another person to get that need filled, you got to look at that. Yeah, absolutely. But it doesn't mean what we make it to mean. We have made non-monogamy to mean a whole lot of different things Mm -hmm. that when you talk to people, it doesn't mean, and, and doesn't that cause consequences? Yeah. Well, and, um, I mean, it it causes unsafe spaces. I mean, if we're like broaden it out all the way, it causes unsafe spaces because if you're not, if something that you're doing is perceived as wrong or bad or immoral by the people that you're surrounded by, then it's not safe for you to talk about. And so therefore it's hard to get help around or, you know, cause we exist in community. Um, and the thing is, is about, you know, when we have this misconception about monogamous relationships that, you know, you have to get all of your needs met by this one person And if you're not getting all of your needs met by this one person, then there's something wrong with you or like you're too needy or you're asking for too much or you have to get it, you know, you, there's only certain outlets that you're allowed to get that need met from. And it has to be a family member or a friend or a therapist. Like those are your only outlets outside of your one romantic partner. Yeah. And that, that isn't the, that isn't the, the solution. I mean, if I could take back every time I have said to one of my friends to go get a therapist instead of go see you, uh, (laughs) there may be a different outcome because, you know, what we're looking at is a level of discovery. Yeah. These are human beings discovering themselves. Yeah. 
And that, no, you're absolutely right. And the thing is, is that when you take off that lid of, you know, it's only, you can only do it this certain way and you take off that lid and then all of a sudden other things become safe, what comes out of that is creativity. And like, that's, that's actually what non-monogamy is. <laughs> it is like, it's being creative. It's discovering how you feel about other people and then creating relationships based off of how you actually feel about someone and not how you're supposed to be in relationship with other people. And so it really does like bust that out. And then you get to be creative and then you get to look at you know, what needs do I have? What are the needs that I have? What an amazing question to ask yourself. What needs do I have? And how can I get those met? Because, and that's what, you know, that's people that come to me. They're like, well, I can't do that. I can't go ask my friend to do this because then they'll tell this person and then that's not safe. Or I can't ask my family for this because they think that I'm crazy. Yeah. So that's not safe, you know? Yeah. And so it's like, when you have, when you kind of bust up, bust up, you know, that like supposed to, or have to, or shoulds about relationships, then it really starts to, you can get curious about what you need and discover what you need. And then you can ask for that around you. And then other people can do that as well. Cause that's the other, you know, myth and myth, misconception about non-monogamy is that it's really selfish. And it's like, actually, <laughs> it's all about, you know, how are we communicating? How are we relating to one another? How are our needs getting met? It's like this whole creative, you know, cre uh, creative creation. Um, it's this whole creative, you know, relationship structure yeah. right? that you can really operate inside of and build together. You know, and I think there's one thing too, that I'd like you to talk about too, as, uh, as well is it there's a level of understanding and appreciation there's a level of compassion there's a level of empathy there's there are emotions that must be engaged in order for this to work yeah that in a regular day-to-day -day relationship you don't even touch you don't talk about compassion you don't talk about empathy Mm -hmm. right? You have a bigger conversation about the football playoffs than you do <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. about that or how the chili wasn't hot enough. Or, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of overstating it and generalizing. Yeah. But the point is we are human beings and we feel things, mm -hmm. express things. Mm -hmm. and I think the greatest lesson for people, and I'd love for you to talk about this because there is a now what? And when somebody is discovering themselves in this way about love and sex, mm. you have to get help if you can't figure it out yourself. And this is one of these areas that I love saying, you may not know what you don't know, but yeah. your go-to will be to shut down. Mm -hmm. Or, no, be or think that the knowledge that you already have is, the, is all the knowledge that you need. Yeah. So what happens now with this? I look, I'm joking about my friend, but that experience with her, I learned more about myself, what I believed in, what I was willing to stand for. Um, and I learned that I'm not going to let other people tell me or shame me into who the people are in my life. 
See, that's a great lesson for me. You know, that is one of those lessons. Mm -hmm. And when I went home and we're talking and, you know, I was talking about my friend and how we were in the same program together and we're sitting at a Thanksgiving dinner (laughs) around the table. And there's like, what does Tina do? I said, oh, she's an erotic dancer. Mm-hmm. The, one of the young people beautifully said, oh, like the actress in the movie Independence Day that married Will Smith. I said, bingo. Exactly like that. <laughs> exactly like that. This is like a 12-year-old. but. Yeah. It begs the now what question, because see, for somebody like me, there's a now what question that may not, um, that may not seem like a big thing, but when you're sitting around the family, you have to face yourself Mm -hmm. and you have to say, I'm not going to say it makes something up what she does. She's an erotic dancer. She's my best buddy in Seattle. Right. But now what for people, Elizabeth, now what, when you have this discovery, when you're on the journey, they need to have a place where they can be in discovery. So what do you do? Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, I think the first things are just to be compassionate and empathetic with yourself first and just allow whatever emotions come up for you and whatever thoughts and feelings that you have just to be okay. Like that's step one for me before you even take action, just like allow yourself some compassion and empathy for yourself and what's coming up for you. And then step two is be courageous. Like this journey takes guts. And, you know, I see you as a really courageous person and just being like, yeah, this is my buddy and she's an erotic dancer, you know? And like a lot of people wouldn't, and and no shame to anybody who, you know, wouldn't have said that, but it just saying like, it takes guts. It takes guts to actually say, you know, what you desire and what's, and just what's true. Like I have a friend who's an erotic dancer, right? Or like, what's true for me is I have multiple partners or what's true for me is that I'm gay or what's true for me is that I'm transgender or whatever it is, right? Like it takes guts to say that. And then the other thing like inside in expanding that is to find community, you know, don't do this by yourself, you know, whether that be, you know, with someone like me as a coach Um, or a therapist, or whether it be like a more of like a support community. I mean, there's so many communities and like, you know, yay for living in the, in the time of the internet, where it's just like, we can be so connected, you know, find community, find education for yourself. You know, there's podcasts, there's books, there's courses, there's, you know, there's so much that you can explore and expand into. And I think where we get stuck is we think that we're the only ones, you know, we think that we're alone and you're, and you're so not, you're so not alone. Yeah. Yeah. I think the thing we didn't talk about today, but I know we'll be doing more shows together is Mm -hmm. I'm not dismissing Mm -hmm. in no way. I'm not dismissing for those of you listening, what you have to face in your life when you have this moment of discovery, everything from your religion, everything from your culture, right? Because we got two white women talking about this here today, or at least let's assume that. Um, But it's not the same for every culture. Right. And so that's why deciding to take this journey alone 
and feel like you're alone and feel like you're invisible and feel like you're not heard. That is the thing that caused people pain beyond belief. Even if you decide to choose your route, whatever it is, mm -hmm. people have to work with somebody and, and you're an expert in this field that get where they are. Isn't that important? I think it's really important. And I think that it's really important to work with um, experts because yeah, you do, you not, you're not only talking to someone who can, yeah, tell you that you're not alone and that you're not crazy and that there's nothing wrong with like there is nothing wrong with you like again if you take nothing away from this show there's nothing wrong with you there's nothing wrong with what you desire and um and to have that connection with a professional where they can give you the tools and resources specific to you right because podcasts and books and courses are amazing. They're great. I love them. I started, you know, where my journey started was with the ethical slut. You know, I love that book. <laughs> and and yeah. the ethical slut couldn't tell me how to have, you know, how to navigate a conversation with my mom about how I'm like sleeping with multiple people and dating multiple people or to have the conversation with my partners about how I want to do that, you know? And so really have, or like with my specific circumstances, you know, like I said, like I, I, at the time when I became, came out, I guess, as polyamorous, you know, I was living in Kansas. And so there were more barriers for me at that time, you know, than there are now. Um, and so, so yeah, so actually talking to a professional about it is not only going to help you like mentally and emotionally but it's also going to help you navigate and like know the next step to take and to have someone who's there for you specifically you know i i'm like you i mean the first time somebody handed me the i think it was a trilogy i i can't remember now three or four books i still have them by the way mm -hmm. um was the sleeping beauty trilogy by ann rice under a pseudonym and the reason that came to me is Anne Rice passed away this December on my birthday. It's one of my greatest regrets of someone I really wanted to interview and just dragged my feet on. But when they hand me that book, you know, or the trilogy or the, I think there are four books, The Claiming of Sleeping Beauty. Honestly, I didn't know what I was reading. And then when I asked them, what were you thinking when you gave me these books? And the answer to that is for another show. But the short <laughs> version is, I knew you'd read them with an open heart and appreciate them. And someday along your own life journey, you may need them to understand yourself better and others. And that was the end of that. But see, that's what you do to people. You're helping people understand who they are, what they're doing, whether it's this moment in time, or some future date mm -hmm. and stop guilting and shaming. Isabel, thank you so much. Mm. Isn't it funny that people gave us those books, huh? That's interesting. No, isn't that wonderful? It's wonderful. I would have never known about that. And then I read all of Anne Rice's other books. Yeah. <laughs> please remind us how we can connect with you, um, what the courses are you're doing, all your social media. And then I'd love to know your personal message. Thank you for bringing this conversation to the forefront today.
You're so welcome. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, this has just been beautiful. I just got like shivers from that last share. So I'm just like sitting in that. Um, and uh, yes, how people can reach me. Uh, my website is Elizabeth cunningham.com You can reach out to me via my website. You can apply to be a one-on-one -on -one client. You can apply for my course, which is called Love Deeper. Um, and you can also reach out to me on Instagram uh, at Els Cunningham, E-L-Z Cunningham. You can find me on Facebook. You can join my Facebook community, which is called the Loving Deeply Community. <laughs> Um, so definitely um, uh, join that community. And we do, we talk about love and sex and relationships and what we're dealing with and what we can discover and go and really go deeper in love on together. I love it. Thank you so much. And I just want to say for those of you that are texting me, somehow people have gotten my cell phone number. So I try to read the text. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Elizabeth is coming back. Elizabeth's going to be, we're going to be talking more. And by the way, they can send you topics if they want to about yeah, what they totally. want to talk about. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Okay. And also okay. like reach out to me if you, if you reach out to me on Instagram, Yeah, yeah. I answer questions on Instagram. Right. I make videos answering questions. So message me on Instagram, what your question is. I'll make a video about it because if you don't, if, if you have the question, then other people have that question too. Okay. Right. And, uh, and you'll remain anonymous. I promise. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. See, that was going to be, that was the next question that came up. And the other thing is, is Elizabeth, is Elizabeth going to do a show on some of the, is everything's abbreviated. Everything's abbreviated. <laughs> is Elizabeth going to do a show on L Elliot Page, LGBTQ, love and sex. I don't know. We'll let her think about that. Uh, okay. And then the last question is, yes, it's not Anne Rice. It's A-N, and the, the name she used, but now it's Anne Rice, was uh, Roculore, R-O-Q-U-E-L-A-U-R-E. Elizabeth, you're coming back. People want to know if you're coming back. <laughs> I'm coming back All and right. I have my own show on the network too. Tell them, tell them. Uh, yeah. On Tuesdays, Tuesdays, 3 PM Pacific time. I have my very own show. It's the Elizabeth Cunningham show, courageously expanding love. Yeah. And so you can tune into my show as well. Oh my gosh. More questions. More questions. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to do a show on these books and read from them. I might. <laughs> I like that. I kind of like, I like that. that. <gasps> I can do one on the ethical food. slut. Oh my gosh. Let's do. Sorry, Benny. Sorry, Olivia. <laughs> All you out there. We love you. I love your questions. Honestly, if I butchered your the abbreviated message, I'm sorry. It's on my cell phone. Um, <laughs> thank you for getting us to say goodbye to guilt and shame.